Hello and welcome everybody back to another episode, another edition of Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. I'm Matt Merrifield. Join along, JDC, Jada Coster here on this kind of gray and kind of gray the last three days. It's pretty, but... uh, it's how Michigan turns you know, in move. October. You know, it gets a little gray and rains every day. And but yeah, not a beautiful Friday morning. I want to see the sun for once. Not gonna happen. So, it's over. It's not gonna happen. It's not You're gonna not gonna happen see the sun until, until May, April. Jay. Till, yeah, until April. We'll and get May. we'll get one day in March where it's like seventy 80 degrees. Exactly. Um, but yeah, not a great day. Not a beautiful day. But we're here nonetheless. We're getting ready. Big game tomorrow, seven thirty on NBC or on WDBM, where you should be listening to Zach Sloak and I on the call as Michigan State takes on Michigan first night game against Michigan in the history of Spartan Stadium. Spartan Stadium, 100 years old. Mm -hmm. First time they're going to play Michigan at night. Should be a fun one for the first couple of minutes. We'll see after that, which we'll talk about in a few. Big show coming up here. Got to talk about, you know, Michigan State's last game last week at Rutgers. Which was an absolute disaster disaster class. The disaster class by special teams and defense and offense um, in that second half, especially the fourth quarter. Um Michigan State was up 18 and lost that one. We'll talk about that in a sec. Rivalry week. Michigan comes to East Lansing tomorrow. Big game there. Obviously, all the history. Everything that happened yeah. last year at the Big House. Some breaking news coming out yesterday with Michigan. Uh, so a lot to talk about there. And then, obviously, we'll finish it off with the Pick'em presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook, as always. Uh, but let's get right into it. Last week against Rutgers, we'll talk about this briefly um, as I try to like scrub this from my memory. Michigan State loses Rutgers 27 to 24 to lose our fourth straight 0 3 in conference play. Uh, I mean, Jay, we were, I was calling the game from the studio here with Joe Dez last weekend. Just what were your thoughts watching from yeah, home? Yeah, I mean, it, look, MSU played really well in the first half. Uh, you know, blowing that 18 point lead was just so rough. I mean, just for the players. And, you know, like just they're, they're so desperate to pick up a win and then just to do that in the rain against, I mean, look, Rutgers is a, it's not a great team. You should have been able to close that out. On the road with in front of absolutely nobody. That wasn't a home field advantage at all. But just the turnovers and the fumbles, I think, was just it was rough. Um, you know, in the rain, I just it's just it just comes down to coaching and special teams was an absolute disaster. I think for really for the first time this season, the special teams let this team down. Uh, I mean, I would say second time because of Cooper DeGene's punt return that, that against is Iowa. True. But I mean, the special teams against Rutgers was an absolute joke. I mean, the the the. Muff pun or not the muff pun? Uh, the uh, O'Shaughnessy, the punter. Um, why he was even in? I don't, I don't know, know why. Where, where's Ryan Eckley? He punted. He, he brought the most ironic part was I didn't know where Eckley was because yeah. even BTN on TV had it listed. Ryan Eckley, right. the punter, and O'Shaughnessy was out there. And I'm like, why Eckley punted really well last week against Iowa? I just don't understand that. And O'Sha- then, O'Shaughnessy fumbles the punt, and then Rutgers scooper score touchdown, which was like just. That's where the ship sank right there. I mean, you gave all the momentum back to Rutgers. And then on the kickoff return, I have no idea why MSU was on. They were, like, thinking it was going to be an outside kick. No idea what Montori Foster was doing there. Tyrell Henry, but yeah. I'm sorry, Tyrell Henry. Um, But Tyrell Henry. We're going to throw stones. We're going to throw them at the right people. Yeah, didn't even feel the pun. He just decides, oh, I'm going to let it bounce. And then he gets clobbered by a Rutgers special teamer. Rutgers gets it back, and then all hell breaks loose. Just... Absolute joke of a special teams performance, and then you know the, it was Rutgers had all the momentum. So overall, it's just it was a just absolute disaster once again. It just I mean Eckley and the ironic part about O'Shaughnessy punting is as soon as the muff punt hat or the bobble the snap whatever you want to call right. it, Eckley came in and punted on the next drive for Michigan State. 
Like, it was just, okay, O'Shaughnessy's done because the, the snap hit him in the hands. It wasn't like it was a bad snap or anything. He just didn't watch it into his hands. And it was raining. It was wet. Turnovers on both sides. I mean, Michigan State in the first half completely controlled the game. Even early in the third quarter, Michigan State got the ball. This Rutgers started with the ball, went three and out. And then Michigan State went right down the field, 80 yards, 15 plays, 14 plays, scored a touchdown. Kate Hauser, first career start, looked good. He's Not great, but solid. you know, for his first game starting on the road, obviously Rutgers is a very good defensive team, especially. I mean, 18 for 29, only 133 yards, but I mean, those, considering really the, con- the conditions, was able so. to score two touchdowns. Uh, did a nice job there. He scrambled for a rushing touchdown, so he had all three touchdowns in the game for Michigan State. Eight for 34 on the ground. With a touchdown, so he looked, and that includes two sacks that <clears throat> took away yardage from him. Um, the running combo of Nate Carter and Jalen Berger, I thought, was solid. Uh, Carter only had twenty for only fifty-two. Uh, Jalen Berger eleven for forty-nine. Yeah. He was very impressive. So the combo thirty-one for one hundred and one. I mean, that's a good day on the ground, mm-hmm. especially against a good front seven. But just the defense could not find a way to get a stop. Kyle Manungai, the running back for Rutgers. Had over 100 yards in the fourth As quarter. As expected, and he's uh, and he's the Rutgers is a running football team, and we kind of expected that. And in the fourth quarter, you said, which is absolutely pathetic to have. I mean, that that team just had no chance in the fourth quarter. It just all the momentum was on Rutgers' it, side. So. It just feels like I was asked this during the week if it looks like Michigan State is quitting. Like it doesn't look like they're out. Like, they're like they are playing hard, and that's the frustrating part. It just seems like when something bad happens. There's no way to stop the ball no from rolling. Like they're just, there's no way. They just all of a sudden the ball starts rolling and everything goes downhill from there. Um, and I, I mean, that's probably more attributed to coaching. I understand it's been a hell of a year. Um, yeah, with and everything the going on. Sign up for this, but like we've talked about in the previous. But episodes. it's just, it, it's, and obviously it's tough too because I mean, if we're being honest here, this is a lame duck coaching staff. Yes, um, I agree. Harlan Barnett not going to be the head coach next year. Jay Johnson, Scotty Hazelton, probably not the special teams. Probably coach not the sure. special teams coach. Probably not the offensive and defensive coordinators. So, expecting a whole new coaching staff, and I mean, so really, I mean, it's, it, it, what do you expect? Um, so, hey, I mean, but it's Urban Watch. Oh my God, stop! Did it. you see? Did you see that report yesterday? I'm not. I'm I don't. Not that was not. Come I on the show and say that was that was. I don't think that was real, real or not. But I'm just having fun with it. I mean, it would be nice if Urban Meyer <laughs> came and coached this football team. But hey, um, can't be any worse than what we're seeing right now but hey you know what? any week anything can happen number two michigan comes into town uh appears to be the might be the best team in the country now that brock bowers is out at georgia um they've appeared to be the most put together most consistent team they've dominated the last couple games in conference play but like they do- i mean they, with the schedule but, they've had i mean but they dominated every game big but. big big butt coming in here for those that missed it in the headlines that came out yesterday um Michigan is being accused of sign stealing. Sign stealing. They were going to other teams' practices, basically, which um, is which you really can't do that. I mean, you're allowed to scout other teams, you know, do all the prep work and stuff, but you can't, you can't like film the other teams' practices, like with Bill Belichick. What happens? Spygate. You're not allowed to do that. And maybe I'm missing a couple other things that should be mentioned in this, but basically, they're being accused of that, and they're under investigation by the NCAA. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, Michigan's been under investigation with, you know, the cheeseburger stuff and, um, you know, with, with, uh, NCAA recruiting violations going on. Uh, and you know, I feel like this is a lot more serious, 
um, because oh, this is oh, I mean the the cheeseburger thing was just funny because it's like yeah, Jim, yeah. you can't lie to the NCAA. Yeah. Sit your three games out and right. shut up. It's the three non-conference games. Yeah. This is I genuinely think is a big deal. It is. Um, now let's keep it 100. percent If it was for games this season, why? You haven't played anybody, and you still won't play anybody for, mm-hmm. I think, two more weeks is when they go to Penn State. So why are you stealing signs, Jim? I don't know. You don't need that to beat East Carolina. You don't need that to beat Bowling Green. But nonetheless, yeah. um, I think there was something where like, Greg Schiano in his halftime yeah. uh, was like basically alluding that he, he might have been like the whistleblower in that instance, Which, I think. I mean, he's saying, oh, there's something going on. I mean, we, we don't know what Michigan's doing or why they have uh, – that was kind of weird. So I mean, maybe it's coming all full circle, and it just get it just talks about you know you talk about like this conspiracy theorists who say, oh you know for Ohio State you know they got Ohio State got pummeled two straight years maybe maybe that has something to do with the science but I don't know. I mean I'm just throwing stuff out there. Who knows? Um, but it's... I'm just interested if they are found guilty of doing this. I'm I mean, genuinely it's... interested to see what the punishment is. Um, maybe because if, this, if Michigan ends up winning it all and has a season like they're having, maybe it gets maybe I, their title gets. I would have to feel that away. you can't justify wins that you were proven to cheat. But I I will see. We yeah, don't we'll know. Um, this is all. St- I mean, it's under investigation. We don't know. So I mean, as of right now. But going yeah, we'll to see. tomorrow, there were reports, and there was a report that came out that Michigan State considered not playing the game. Which I'm going to be honest. I don't yeah. know how true that is. Yeah, if know. I'm a football player, it's like, especially Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan State should show up and play. Like, yeah. doesn't matter. Like, if the game, they find out later on they cheated, who cares? Give them hell for 60 minutes and see what happens. Um, but maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I think that's more of Michigan State administration thought about it. Mm-hmm. Not, because I'm sure if they asked the not players, the, to play, the the, the I, I would assume the coaches and the players are like, we're going to go out there and play and see what yeah. happens. So, on the back to on the field, this Michigan team is really good, regardless of sign stealing and Michigan State. Jay, how are they going to? Can they keep it close, and how can they do that? See, in, in terms of a, of a rivalry game, I think you know maybe the first quarter they can keep it close, but Michigan's got so much talent. JJ McCarthy's having a great season, throwing for over fifteen hundred yards. Uh, Blake Corm, five hundred fifty yards on the ground, averaging almost six yards a carry and twelve touchdowns. Donovan Edwards, their other running back, isn't actually having the greatest season that we've all expected. Only two hundred yards, averaging three hundred. 3.3 yards a carry. Yeah, guys, first touchdown of the year last year. Yeah, which is or last pretty week. surprising. But I look at this defense, and and they got a lot of big names. Uh, you know, Chris Jenkins on their uh, defensive line, very good player. Um, and uh, you know, I just I just look at the rest of this team. Uh, Jalen Harrell has uh, four sacks on the season. They got a lot of guys on the defensive front, and they got a lot of guys on the defense that can make you that can make uh, cause some problems. And then Roman Wilson, another big play threat for J.J. McCarthy. He got nine touchdowns on the season for 400 yards. As far as Cornelius Johnson, also a very good player. So they kind of like to spread it around uh, between Wilson and Cornelius Johnson. So they got a nice pair of weapons there. But overall, a very, very talented team. They got a lot of guys returning from last season, and they're paying dividends. So Yeah, I mean, I was putting my boards together for their offense yesterday, and their O-line I think has one underclassman. A, at the backup spot, like all their starters are seniors or grads. A lot of NFL graduates. players on offensive line. I mean, that that offensive line you. is is so dominant, and they have so much depth. I mean, the last first three games of the season, even in the Rutgers and non conference play, Michigan didn't look that impressive. They beat East Carolina thirty to three, UNLV thirty five seven, Bowling Green thirty one six, Rutgers thirty one seven. Not 
completely over-the-top wins. But their last three games, Rutger, or Nebraska, Minnesota, and Indiana, they have scored 45, 52, and 52 and holding opponents to 7, 10, and 7. To dominate um, Big Ten teams like that in your conference, I mean, I don't, care, I don't really care how bad they are. That's pretty impressive. It, I mean, it is impressive, but it is Indiana, Nebraska, and Minnesota. Now, to be completely fair, yeah. those are the three games left on Michigan State's schedule that they could win. That yeah. like are like 50-50, maybe a lean win um, on the scale. There's no guaranteed wins with this Michigan State right. team. And obviously, they're fighting a giant uphill battle. I think for tomorrow, Michigan State's got to have I mean, margin for error is incredibly I mean, small. I mean, it it involves Michigan just not showing up ready to play. Because if Michigan shows up and pull, shows up and plays football like they know how to, they're they're going gonna to push Michigan State over the field. Michigan State might be able to keep it close for a little bit, but maybe in the first quarter. But like, I just think because yeah. Michigan State's got to be able to run the ball and control the clock. If Michigan's front seven is there, and Michigan's able to run the ball themselves, not yeah. much. Michigan. Now, I do like Michigan State's front seven. I do like their run-stopping ability, and I don't think Michigan is a true— I don't think—I mean, they're a good passing team. Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, both very good receivers. J.J. can throw the ball, mm-hmm. but they're a running football team. So I think if Michigan State can sell out, stop the run, make J.J. beat you, and I know he can, but the secondaries looked better these last couple of weeks, so I, I don't think it's as much of a sellout as it was a couple of years ago or even early in the season against a team like Washington where they're just going to gash you. Um, so— I think Michigan State could do it. They it's really, can. Yeah, like you said, man, it's really going to come down to Derek Harmon and Simeon Barrow Jr. and Zion Young. Those guys are the kind of the bulk of the front seven. And then Jordan Hall and Halliday on the linebacking core. It's really going to be interesting to see how they play because Michigan is one of the best running teams in the country. they got the best offensive line in the country. So. And they're like, they're the slowest-paced offense in the yep. country. They they don't – they're not they quick. They wear you down they, they just they, they just wear you down. And my biggest concern, too, is – Michigan State has played well in the first half this last couple of games. Um, the problem is the second half, and Michigan is a second half. Michigan specifically a third-quarter team. They come out of the half, typically getting the ball to start the second half, and they, like a boa constrictor, just wrap you up and just choke you out, basically. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, they're going to do that. Too. And that's what they did to Michigan State last year. Michigan State was up at halftime in the big house. And mm-hmm. so, I, like, in this one, I think Michigan State covers their 24 24 and a half. 24 and a half. Right now, or 24. But, I think yeah. if it's 24, I think it's going to be close to 24. I think it's going to be close, but I do think they keep it. Like, I don't think Michigan's going to beat them by 50. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think Michigan State, night game, big, I think the crowd will be there. Um, and I think, obviously, it's the blackout. They're wearing the new black uniforms for the first time. Big surprise there. Um, so, I do think Michigan show, Michigan State Shows up. I think the first quarter they show something. They show some life, but the second yeah, maybe half we'll get a Nathan Carter touchdown. Everyone's all fired up, and then maybe it's like, um, what year was that? I think it was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. When yeah. L.J. Scott yeah. ran it right down they the went field, seven nothing. And then I, they, Michigan State kept that game close. They only lost they, that game uh, by like well, nine. Well, they scored a garbage touchdown at the end, uh, and Jabril Peppers got the two point convert or ran it back for why a two they point went conversion. for two on that play. I don't know. I don't stuff. know. I mean, just uh, but, for pride, but uh, but yes, that I mean that was one of the. Probably the worst Michigan State team since this year. And lost by nine. They only lost by nine. So I mean, and I, I, I always say my, to myself going to this game, it's a rivalry game, so anything can happen. <laughs> and my father brought this up that we haven't seen a cataclysmic upset yet this year. Like there were because there's always one. There's always one game that maybe. And my dad is not a Michigan State optimist. He. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks they get beat by sixty tomorrow. But he just said there is a chance that tomorrow could be the game that somebody royally Fs up and Michigan State <laughs> could be that team that causes that, maybe. 
I, I like the argument. I always bring up the argument. I said this last year. Worst Michigan State teams have beaten better Michigan teams. I don't know if that's the case. Um, this is a pretty bad Michigan yeah. State team, and this is a really good, this is a national championship level Michigan team. Um, so from that standpoint, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I mean, Michigan State won in 2020. The last time they lost. That was, that was, yeah, that was a COVID year, and they were 24-point underdogs. Hey, they were 24-point <laughs> underdogs. They were coming off a loss to Rutgers. Oh, Things can happen. God. Things can happen. First time these two teams played in a night game at the at First the venue. First time they played in the night game at Michigan Stadium. Michigan State won that game that back in true. 2017. So everything's it's, lining. It's up lining here. up. It's lining up. Um, the biggest. I could. I could, I could push. I could push a false narrative if I wanted All to. These narratives. There's so many narratives, but I, I. I don't know if I can bring myself to push that hard. Um, we'll yeah. talk about a little bit more about it. Our predictions for the game when. We get to the pick'em. Yes. So, but let's kind of move to the national picture. A couple big time games around the country, and each yeah. it feels like each conference has a big game other than the Big Twelve. Uh, starting off, I mean, this says game of the week on the show sheet. I think there are four games, potential games of the week. Um, in the Big Ten, the game of the week is Penn State going to Ohio State. This is a classic every year. Can James Franklin finally get it done on the road? Yeah, I mean, they always, they always, they. Always play Ohio State. I feel like close every year. Um, last year at um, at Happy Valley, I feel like that game was close for the majority of the majority of the game. So going into Ohio State, I mean, we're gonna find out a lot about this team because Penn State has, you know, they beat West Virginia pretty handily. They've had some solid wins, but if Penn State goes into goes into the shoe and wins this game, I mean, they are, I mean, they can win the Big Ten because you host Michigan in two weeks. I mean, this is this is a game where they can. If they if they're able to pull this off, they could definitely win the Big Ten. I mean, this is a game we're gonna find out a lot about them because James Franklin, all the coaching errors, all the all the hoopla about them about him over the years, we're gonna find out on uh, Saturday. I mean, so. eventually push comes to shove, and you gotta win a game like right. this. This is just the games you have to win if you want Penn State to take that next step. Mm-hmm. I I think they can do it. I think so too. I, 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 just... I think I see a real scenario where the big three in the East, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, all split with each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that would require Ohio State winning this game. That would also require them going to the big house. And, well, that they, they could lose to Michigan in the big house, and then Penn State would have to beat Michigan in Ann Arbor, which I think could happen. So I think I lean to Ohio State in this one, just something about it. I don't know. I mean, it's, um, Drew Aller's first game, first big-time game, primetime game. We'll see how he responds, but... I just some about it. I just don't. I don't think it changes this week. I don't. I don't feel confident enough in James Franklin to say this is the one. And I'm somebody who thought Penn State was going to win the Big Ten this year. I just haven't seen enough from them. Ohio State played tough opponents already this year, so I think they're battle tested and ready. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, but moving over to the SEC, the SEC game of the week. It is the third Saturday in October, which means it's Tennessee Bama. at Alabama. Obviously, the Vols. Finally ended the losing streak. Mm-hmm. I think since what 2005, 2004, something like that. Uh, yeah. Last year, they finally a, did it in the game of the year. Last oh, it was that, was, that, that was, what was the final score of the game. 49, 46, something like that. I think 45, it was 42. An classic on the on the game winning field goal that was tipped. It was tipped. Was tipped the by the wall. Yeah, the that goal post that ultimately ended up it, in the river, yeah. That so. game was just like. In my mind, that game was like equal to what Michigan, Michigan State was two years ago in East yeah, Lansing. And then we saw, I think we saw that game of the year last week when Mich- Washington played Oregon. That game was an all-time classic. Oh my God. Heart broke my heart. We're just gonna, we're we're on to Washington State for the Bonex narrative push, um, which they're gonna take care of. Boards. I blame Dan Landing for that, not Bonex. Oh yeah, that game was on Bonex, and um, I mean Washington played great 
Yeah. I think Oregon deserved to win that game. Just a couple crucial mistakes by Dan Lanning in the play calling. He's Take aggra- the points in the end of the first half. He's aggressive to a fault. He is aggressive, which um, I like about him. It but just it there happens. are points in time where you just got to take the points. So season's you know. not over. They'll see each other in the Pac-12 championship potentially. Mm-mm. Oregon will take care of business against Washington State and going forward. But back to Tennessee, Alabama. Balls it, since 2006, they hadn't beat Alabama. They haven't in, in won. Tuscaloosa, they haven't yeah. won in two. They, I believe that was the last time they won in period in that series. I mean, yep, it's <sighs> been a, it's been a long time. I mean, Jalen Murrow. I just this Bama team. We'll get get to this in a bit, but in the pick them, but. You know, barely being Arkansas at home, they they show a lot of concerns, and you know this Tennessee team isn't as good as last year. So the two of these programs are kind of a little bit of a just they're not as good this year, but still gonna be a lot of fun. This rivalry is a lot of fun in the third Saturday of October, so it's gonna be fun to watch. But obviously, Jalen Murrow is no Bryce Young, so we're not. I mean, the quarterback play is not gonna be as great. Uh, no Hennon Hooker, so we got Joe Milton. So yeah, a uh, correction. So Tennessee ended the drought. That they hadn't won since 2006. They haven't won in Knoxville since or in Tuscaloosa since 2003. Okay, so gotcha. I have been alive ah, gotcha. for I was alive for six weeks the last time Tennessee won in Tuscaloosa. Can they win again? I think they'll keep it close. The spread is like nine, which I think is a little big. A lot of points. A lot of points. I don't think Alabama's that much better than Tennessee. Tennessee mm-hmm. w- runs so fast. Mm-hmm. They are such a fast pace off. Their run game has been great this year. Mm-hmm. Jabari Small has been an elite running back for them. Their whole running attack. Can Joe Milton dial it in for one game? And I think that's the dangerous part about Joe Milton is that he his arm is a weapon for and against you, for your own team. He There are some nights where he is locked in and he looks like he could be the best quarterback you've ever seen because of the arm talent. There are some nights where he doesn't know where the hell it's going. He throws four picks and you lose a game you shouldn't because he just didn't have it that night. Um, and I think Tennessee's done a good job early in the year of trying to limit what he has to do. Trying to like you know ease him into games, not put all the pressure on him. Obviously, they lost that game to Florida on the road. That was one of those games. He didn't play terrible in that game, but missed a couple throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they bounced back. Took care of South Carolina two weeks ago. Took care of Texas A&M last week in a tough one. Schedule gets quite a bit easier the next couple weeks. They have Kentucky next week in another rivalry game on the road. That will be tough at night. But then they have UConn, Missouri on the road, then Georgia. So, I mean, they want a shot at the SEC East. I mean, this is one they gotta find a way Brock to win. They have back to win for this that one. Georgia game. They host Georgia, so I mean, they have they November eighteenth. Ha- they have to win this one. If they want to shot the SEC East because they're already losing to Florida. Right. Gives them that first conference loss. So we'll see if they can do it. I see. I just I'm not impressed with Alabama this year. I know I'm they've been either. better since the Texas game, but still, just I don't know what it is. Uh, moving over to the ACC, two best teams in the ACC. I think, in my opinion, I know North Carolina's looks very good. But number 16, Duke, traveling down to Tallahassee at night, 7.30 kick against the Florida State Seminoles, fourth in the country. I mean, Yeah, I mean, both these teams, I mean, see Florida State's a 14.5-point favorite. I mean, that that's a lot of points. I, th- I, I still like Duke. Um, Duke's a, a very solid football team. I mean, I'm looking – I'm just looking at some of the games they've had. Um, you know, you, you your lock of the week, Matt, they destroyed uh, NC State 24-3. to Kept it close to Notre Dame. Um, you know, this Duke this Duke team is kind of impressive this year. Obviously, they beat Clemson in the opener of the season. I do think they have a chance to keep it close. Uh, you know, Keon Coleman and those guys at Florida State, I mean, they're a national championship contender. You saw Keon's catch last week, that one-handed catch. He's so good. And he is just so good. I mean, the fact that they have him returning punts, it's like a slap in the face. Like, it, why? Yeah. He's that, like, he, that's overkill, in my opinion. He's 6'4 <clears throat> and fly. It's right. just, anyways, yeah, but. Definitely. 
I think Duke keeps it close. Um, their defense is so fast. I like. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. I knew their offense was good, and their offense is still solid. Uh, but like in that Clemson game, their defense is so fast. They have so many athletes, and I think that's going to be the key to keeping it close. Can they win on the road at night against a Florida State team that, in my opinion, might be the most complete, might be the best team in the country from what I've seen? They've played the best opponents, like Georgia and Michigan. Really haven't played anybody yet. I mean, I know Georgia, they played LSU. I mean, they played LSU. They've just they've they taken went on care the road of to Clemson and beat them in overtime. They took care of Clemson. They've just they've they've shown against good teams that they can beat them. They beat down on a couple teams. They did have that slugfest against Boston College, but overall they're just kind of taking care of business when they need to. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously dominated Syracuse at home last week, so I think it's gonna be a great game. We're gonna find out how good Florida State is, mm-hmm. um, and obviously Duke having a tough test, uh, but we will see. And then moving out to the Pac-12, our top twenty matchup in this one, number fourteen Utah going to. Number 18, USC. USC the favorites in this one, despite getting shocked and yeah, rocked. Yeah, I mean, and going on the road to Notre Dame. This is a Notre Dame team that was reeling. I mean, you played since week zero. You played a bunch of ranked opponents in Louisville and all those guys. Um, and USC just gets smacked. Uh, Caleb Williams with three interceptions in the first half. Uh, the, the future number one overall pick did not look great. Um, I just look at this game. I mean, the pack. Two of these teams have played in all-time classics, like last year at Utah in the blackout. That game went, I believe that game went into overtime. And then the Pac-12 championship, Utah coming back and defeating USC. Uh, both these teams will always give you a good game. Um, it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, this game's at the Coliseum. I mean, if, if Utah wants any shot at the Pac-12 championship, you got to win this game. Um, and, you know, their defense has not been impressive at all, so we'll have to see. But... Um, Caleb Williams needs to just put on a better showing if he's going to be, if he still wants a shot at this Heisman race because Michael Penix is kind of running away with it right now. Yeah, I mean, the problem right now, I don't think Penix is running away with it. I don't think he looked that much better than, but he didn't. I thought Bonex looked better than them last weekend, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> Caleb Williams had a rough week last week. I think yeah. USC bounces back. Utah's offense without Cam Rising isn't very good. Um, their defense is great. I think that's going to be a tough part, but and I know anybody can score on Utah or on mm-hmm. USC, excuse me, but man, and I know they had their number last year, but I think Utah, I think USC gets this one at home. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. But overall, I think it's going to be another great matchup. Kind of sucks that the game for Michigan State, and Jay, you don't, you're not covering the game tomorrow, but being in the booth for the Michigan State game, and we're missing a lot of good football, especially in that 7:30 time slot. You have Utah, USC, and Duke Florida State game, and I'm gonna have to miss the end of the Alabama Tennessee game, but still gonna be a great day for football tomorrow. And now let's get into the pick'em presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook. Quick standings update: Last week was a great week for all of us. I went four or five zero oh, and one, had the push in the Utah and the Washington Oregon game. Uh, so I'm now twenty four fifteen and two on the year with thirty points due to my lock hitting. Slowick four one and one with his lock hitting. He's now eighteen twenty and two. With 21 points, and then JDC with a five and one week, mm-hmm. unfortunately missed his lock, so improving to 21, 20 and two on the year with 20 points. So still in last, so hitting those locks. JDC still without a lock of the week hitting. Sad, but all right, maybe it comes. This oh, week. you have 21, so therefore you have 21 points. So that's a mis- mistake on me. So you're tied with Slug, but yep. you still have not hit a lock of the week. Maybe right. this is the week. Um, so much for Let's them being see. locks from JDC, but oh, hey, it's just as impressive to miss all your locks as to hit all your locks. <laughs> In my opinion. So, game number one. We'll start off with the game in East Lansing tomorrow night. Number 24-point tw- favorite, Michigan at Michigan State. JDC, who you got? Oh, man. I mean, this 
this game. I mean, it's it, we never know what we'll get with this game. Like you said, like you said, Matt, anything can happen. But I'm going to take the better team in the spot. Uh, Michigan minus 24. I just, I just don't. This MSU team is. I feel like he's hit rock bottom every week, and we saw that with Rutgers. So I'm going to go with Michigan minus the 24. Okay. I think <laughs> if it was 24 and a half, I'd hammer MSU. But 24, like I feel there's a push running all over this game. I'm going to take Michigan State because I do think they keep it close, and I'm going to be optimist. Because mm-hmm. if they lose, I'm going to be upset. I was an optimist last week, so it hurt me. So I just I can't do it. So this yeah, week. give me uh, give me Michigan State to cover the 24. We'll get the picks from Sloak again. I don't know when the hell he's coming back on this program. Um, yeah. I know he's up here this t- this weekend. I know he'll be up here today, but due to scheduling conflicts, we did have to do it this early in the morning. So um, Sloak will be back eventually, I guess. Um, we miss you, Sloak. Please come home. <laughs> uh, so JDC with Michigan. I take Michigan State, Sloak, TBD. He's probably going to MSU. He's probably going to MSU. Let's be honest so. here. He's a slappy. Uh, <laughs> number, game number two in the noon slate. Number seven, Penn State going down to the horseshoe to take on number three, Ohio State. The Buckeyes, four and a half point favorites in this one, Jay. I'm going to go Penn State plus the four and a half. I think this is going to be a really good game. Maybe this comes down to a game-winning field goal. This is going to be a, one of those all-time classics between these two programs that have had a lot over the years. This this should be a night game. Like, Yeah. M- MSU's game against Michigan should have been big noon, and this should have been the NBC game. But, of course, um, Fox Unfortunately, Fox noon. gets priority. Fox always gets a priority. Uh, they're ruining college football, but that's a topic for another day. So give me Penn State. We'll have an episode right after the season ends, and we'll let JDC have a TED Talk on why he hates big new kickoff. <laughs> I, hate I so mean, much. I hate it just as much. So I'm going to go oh, – you talked me into it. I was going to take Ohio State, but I think I'm going to take Penn State because it's going to be a one-score game. It's just a question of whether it's going to be a field goal. And this spread is always weird, these five-point spreads, these four-and-a-half-point spreads. So I'm going to go Penn State. I, I do like Penn, or I do like Ohio State to win the game, but I like Penn State to get I think close. It's more likely that Penn State loses by three or wins the game than they do lose by more than seven. Right. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to hedge on that side of the bet. Um, so, look, we don't know. Uh, number 17, Tennessee heading down to Tuscaloosa. Number Alabama, nine-point favorites in this one. I'm going to go number 17, Tennessee here. Um, Bama, I mean, only beating Arkansas, I believe it was by a touchdown. Arkansas is a bad football team. Didn't really look that impressive at home, so I'm going to go Tennessee in this rivalry matchup plus the nine. I wish Solak was here because we would do Rocky Top together. We would scream Rocky Top into these microphones and make everybody <laughs> hate themselves. So kind of good he's not here, but – yeah, give me, give me the, give me the Vols. Go Vols. They're gonna get done in Tuscaloosa for the first time since 2003. I think they win this game outright. I really do. It's a decent um, chance. But they are gonna cover the nine. I think it's way too big of a spread because that would imply that Tennessee would still be underdogs at home, and I just don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see. Now moving to the ACC, number 16 Duke at number four Florida State. Florida State, the Knolls. 14 and a half point favorites. A lot one. of points. I'm going to go Duke here. Um, Florida State wins, but I like Duke to kind of keep it close. So give me Duke. JDC and I are riding together on a lot of these picks. For the first time, kind of, I think it's for the first time in a while. So. I, mean, I mean, last week we rode together, I think, on all but like one pick, which was nice. Step. But uh, we're locked in together. Yes. This is kind of cool. spooky, but I'm going to take Duke as well. Um, I'm a Blue Devil guy. I was all in on I them. Co. I mean, I was all in on them back in June. The over under on their win total, I think it was seven and a half, and it was plus money. And I was like, "That's easy." Um, yeah. They don't even need to win this game to get to that total, but they, I think they will at least cover in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they get it done at least, keeping it close. I think the defense is too talented, too fast to get blown out. But I think Florida State's going to take care of business. So, final game, 
Number 14, Utah at number 18, USC. Trojans seven-point favorites in this one, JDC. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Utah offense. I mean, they're just not good. That offense is pathetic. So I'm going to go USC in this game. Uh I thought yeah. we were going to differ on this pick, but we are not. No, I'm going Utah. Or, or, I'm sorry, I'm going. U, I'm going USC in this game. I think Caleb Williams bounces back at the bounces back at the Coliseum, so give me USC. I am going USC as well. I think there's a reason that they're the favorite in this game, despite being the lower ranked team. Um, I think that last week just was a game where Notre Dame was the perfect match to beat them. The great defensively and has tons of talent on offense, and Utah does have talent on offense. I just don't think they can put it all together, and they haven't yet this year. Uh, especially with Cam rising out. So I'm going to rock with USC. I think they bounce back and get some revenge after last year's disappointing losses to Utah. And now it's lock of the week time. JDC. I'm going to have you go first on this one. You're going to let me go first? Okay, that's yes. fair. Uh, my lock of the week is in Big Ten West country. Oh, we, Minnesota, Iowa? Oh, yeah. We're rocking with oh, no. Iowa minus Let's see what the numbers at three right now. Half. Is it three and a half still? Yeah, Iowa minus three and a half. Minnesota sucks, and I don't know how Iowa keeps winning football games. They are not good. Like I saw it They're with my horrible. own eyes. Their They're offense really sucks. Bad. They're gonna go eleven and two. They might even win their bowl game. Go twelve and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, and that's, that's they will still eleven and one. I mean. And they will that schedule they have, I mean, it's a decent they're gonna, possibility. They're, they're going to go eleven and one. They're going to win the West. They're going to lose to Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan. Doesn't matter. And they're going to go out and win their bowl game. They go twelve and two. And Brian Ferentz is still going to be on government cheese and come this time next year. Unreal. Um, which is unreal. Uh, hilarious, but unreal. Over uh, under in that game is thirty one. By the way, like, yeah. Holy moly. Anyways, um, uh, I still hammer the over in that one. Just that's wait. I don't. I don't even know if I'd hammer the over. The offense sucks. Both quarterbacks very bad. We get to go to Minnesota next week, guys. That's gonna be a blast. Um, so next Friday, probably Jay and I will be in the studio talking yeah. about the land of a thousand lakes. Maybe we'll just talk about Minnesota itself. We won't even talk about football next week. But JDC, yeah. who is your lock of the week? Um I got I'm gonna go out to the SEC once again and South Carolina, Missouri. Missouri's at home, minus seven and a half. I'm going Missouri here. South Carolina is a horrible, really bad football team this year. They're very disappointing. So Mizzou, uh number ranked number twentieth in the country. I'm gonna go them minus the seven and a half at home. I think I mean South Carolina's horrible. So I'll rock with Mizzou there. So you're taking Mizzou. Give me M-I-Z. Mizzou, what's the spread? Uh, minus seven and a half. So, M-I-Z. Sounds good. There you go. All right, JC, anything to add? Anything you have to get off your mind about college football this weekend? No, I mean, the rivalry game, I mean, look, after all that happened last year with the tall stuff. Yeah, I we didn't even talk about the fight last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, at night. Fight city, baby. It'll be a, I guess it'll be a fun environment, but, I mean, there'll be a lot of Michigan fans. But, anyways, I mean, it'll be a... It'll be, I think MSU keeps it close, like I said, for about a quarter, and then Michigan runs away with. I mean, they're a national title contender, so I mean, hopefully MSU does just just compete. For, hey, for my sake. last week or obviously last year, the fight in the tunnel, everything happens, and I mean, there are two former impactors on these airwaves that are returning to East Lansing this weekend, in Trent Valley and Luke Sloan. That did oh, name man. East Lansing Fight City, so. Hopefully, there, hopefully there are back. no fights. I do not want another tunnel fight. This rivalry does not need more crap no, going on. But so. um, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, <laughs> let's keep it clean tomorrow, people. Tailgate, no, people no fights in the stands. No, no fights. I mean, you're gonna have your. I know alcohol is gonna be served at the stadium. No, no fights, fights in front of the international center. Keep it clean. Tailgating, you know, it's all good. Have good your fun. fun. It's, it's rivalry lots, week. It's a lot of fun. Noon, I think. I mean, just keep it. Keep it. Keep, stay classy. Keep it classy. Keep it classy, people. You know, put it in the glass. Um, don't put it in the glass, actually. That 
can be dangerous when, when you've been tailgating all day. But just keep it classy. Put in a red solo cup and just enjoy your Saturday. It's going to be drizzly and gross. And Tomorrow night, no rain, though, but it will be cold. Thank God. It's supposed to be like 37 degrees. I'm going to yeah. oh I'm gonna die. I, I, we get to be on the photo deck tomorrow, so I'm so happy for that. Uh, cool. Anyways, I wonder if they'll let's bring a space heater into the stadium. Do you think they have the capacity for that? We'll I mean, find they out. Probably do. I don't think so. I, we don't have space a space heater. We don't, just... we don't have a space heater. We don't have the budget for that. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna get off these airwaves. We have a Friday to get to a busy day for both of us. But thank you all for listening to Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. You can find this should be posted on this beautiful Friday here in East Lansing. So make sure. Thank you for listening to that. You can find SRZ every week on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Anywhere else you find your podcast and impact89fm.org. Thank you all for listening. Tell your friends about the show. We'll be back this week next time. Make sure to tune into the broadcast tomorrow, 7 o'clock on WDBMs when the SRZ pregame show with myself and Zach Slowick starts. So thank you all for listening and have a beautiful weekend. And thank you for listening.